And what is up, everybody? This is another episode of the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. I'm Wee Too Deep. With me, I got DJ Wavy D. How's it going over there? Here, what's going on? I'm feeling good. Eagles just won as we're recording, and I'm, I'm happy. Absolutely. That was a crazy game. Um, so as the title of the episode is going to suggest, we're going to react to what we saw at Survivor Series Um I guess we'll start with the biggest news. Let's go ahead and get this out of the way. Um, CM Punk's back. And I want to start this off. Before I get your reaction, I have to I have to sort of... I'm not going to take back anything I said. But I do got to say, I'm a little pumped. And I know I've spent the last like month sort of downplaying CM Punk being here. Um, I'm not going to take it back because I don't necessarily think he's necessary, but I, I see the argument now that everyone was making about, he may not be necessary, but having him is a good thing. And so um, it's better to have him. And I don't know how long he, I guess his contract was three years, um, whatever role that puts him in. Um, but the next, I mean, especially going into what we call like the nine or nine weeks of hell it's eight or nine weeks. I don't know how long till Royal rumble, but, this this makes Raw. I'm assuming that's where he's going. A lot, uh, you know. Your team Red's looking good over there now. Yeah, I told you. I told you. <laughs> it's not. It's not too late. You know, NXT is great and all, but it's not no team Red. I'll say that they announced that he will be on Raw tomorrow, and that by itself is enough to at least check it out. So I'll definitely be watching Raw tomorrow. I normally don't, uh, but. So what's your what, what's your reaction to Punk, and then we'll talk about um, the Twitterverse and IWC and how they've reacted to it. So at first, the funniest part was I was like, "We too deep." Yeah. So he, in the in the in the Discord group chat, he was talking about I literally jumped out of my chair. And I was <laughs> and I was like, the whole month he's been saying, "I don't care if he comes back. I don't care. It, it, it'll affect me either way." First one to hop out his chair. <laughs> but I'm excited that CM Punk's back. I'm excited. I think this is a good thing for both him and WWE. Um, you know what I'm saying? As long as he's, he's a team player and WWE's a team player and everyone's working together and trying their best to be professional and put, you know, water under the bridge. I see nothing but money. I see nothing but good matchups. I see nothing but good storytelling. I think CM Punk is a good, is a good um, character to have in your locker room. In your promotion, um, he and quite frankly, AEW didn't take full advantage of CM Punk, and they kind of drove him away. And you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Absolutely. Um, I'm trying to pull this up, I saw uh, Vince Russo. He tweeted something today. I think um, he said, "When you're in the entertainment world, you have to deal and work with egos. It's part of the job." When any entertainer reaches a certain level, they're just going to be an eagle to deal with. That's that's the business. Um, bottom line, Tony Khan didn't understand that and clearly didn't know how to deal with it. So now AEW suffers a major loss while WWE gets a major victory, which I agree with. Um, you had quite and I don't again so. I don't know very many like AEW fans. You don't really see them more in the mainstream. They're mostly only on like the IWC sort of social media. Um, yeah, they don't world. really go outside or anything, right? <laughs> um, and uh, but and so I only sort of go off of of the, what my perception of that. I don't think they truly understand the business side of wrestling. CM Punk may be a, a horrible person. Okay, but he moves tickets and fans like in the casual market. Um, you know, I'm sure you know what in the clutch is, right? Ross and 
I forgot. Oh, um, the YouTube channel? Yeah. yeah Ross is, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I know him for a lot of their other content. I do know yeah. that they react to, they're big, they're big wrestling fans. Yeah. And I so, watch a lot of their other stuff. So I saw their reaction to CM Punk and they literally, <laughs> like a little girl. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they, th- that, that fan base, the, the, the more casual fan base, um, in the mainstream, that's who CM Punk attracts. And I've, I've said from the beginning when AEW be, uh, began, that's the audience they need to market to. That's where I felt WCW failed to get, and I feel a lot of like ROH failed to get it. TNA Impact failed to get the casual market, and in doing so, if you want to put yourself in that niche, that's fine. But stop comparing yourself to WWE. You're never going to hit that level if you don't get the fans like you, like me, and in the more casual uh, fan base. And so I think that's where CM Punk. Uh, he he brings in tickets. If Nashville tomorrow isn't sold out, it's sold out now that he's announced for it. Yes, sir. Um, he, he, SmackDown's coming to Charlotte um, in February. I'm assuming he'll be on Raw, so he probably won't be there. So, But if they do something where he's sort of like Brock Lesnar, where he shows up anywhere, you know that, that tempts me to buy tickets for it. Um, and so I think it's as a business decision, you, you have probably the biggest name in in the wrestling uh, business. But you, you, the way they brought him in, like they kept it a secret. The deal wasn't even known by anyone outside of like high level executives. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you just on the screen, you put on the, the copyright logo. We, everyone thought the show was ending and then the music hits. Um, and so just the, the, the presentation of him, you know, Michael Cole didn't have to say anything about it to eat, right? It, he, they just let the, the moment play, then the camera cut off. So I, I'm happy with the way they did it. I thought presentation wise, the show was very, very good. Um, I mean, we've had 24 hours now to think about it. So we'll, we'll so I'll ask you this. Um, who do you think Rollins is his first feud? Um, yes, I think. So I, I think that's his first feud, but there's going to be definitely many storylines that are going to be intertwined with it. Because of course, you know, even though the good guys got the win at, um, at war games, like Damon Priest still has the contract. Right. Judgment Day is still runs Monday Night Raw. Cody Rhodes is, you know, he he's still get beat, kind of be there. You know, you'll see interaction between him and CM Punk before Cody goes off to SmackDown to start the, you know, the the Rhodes WrestleMania. He's still gonna be on Raw for probably like another month or so. Right. And so there's gonna be a lot of storylines that go into it. Um, you still got Shinsuke waiting in the waiting in the wing, who might, you know, try to get his crack at CM Punk. So I definitely think there's going to be a lot of avenues that are going to be explored and a lot of storylines that are going to be intertwined. I don't think it's going to be strictly Punk versus Rollins. I think people are going to interject themselves. Yeah, and and I think they they I don't know if this was real heat if they didn't know the way Rollins and McIntyre sort of reacted to him. You know, there's some people who have actual beef, and we've seen that with Becky and Charlotte and Rollins and Riddle. That you know, professionals can deal with that and put on decent performances. Um, so I think Rollins is gonna. I think there's some matches they got lined up for him. Rollins gonna be one of them, and you know, we'll get the next two months over head into Royal Rumble. I don't think Punk is winning Royal Rumble, um, but I mean, I, I'm interested where they where they take them going into. Um, into WrestleMania season. Um, we'll move into the actual card now. So we start with the women's uh, War Games match. Um, what was your overall reaction to this match? Did you were you entertained by it or? Oh yeah, I, I was heavily entertained. Like, <laughs> I was <I> heavily. <laughs> his his Bay Oscar was in it, so of course he was yeah. gonna be entertained. My my my, num- my number one, my, my true love Oscar. <laughs> she was in the match, so you know I already had an eye for the match. But outside of her, or besides her, I think that the match was really good. Um, I believe it was the better of the two War Games matches. Um, outside of the you know the the RKO off the off the cage. Like from the, the men's match, I think that the women's match was overall better. Um, 
I think I enjoyed it more. The men's match, I I definitely kind of forgot a lot of the spots, especially because I think the whole CM Punk thing afterwards, I kind of forgot a lot of the, the actual spots and the wrestling of the match. But the women's match, I, I definitely enjoyed a lot more. Um, I did expect a little bit more at the ending. I thought they would kind of turn on Bailey during or after yeah. the match, like kind of on the show. I guess we're gonna say it for SmackDown. You know, come and watch. Stay tuned. Okay, you know we still got nine weeks to the next to the next um, um premium live event, so they might slow burn it a little more. I was expecting more out of that. Um, I did like the side story of Becky and Charlotte, kind of them rekindling. I thought that was a nice touch, and I I really think that that EO and Kyrie, I think they showed out. Um, EO, I think. Uh, she she had the spot on oh so, so she had the spot of the night until the RKO later on when EO had the trash can jumped off jump off to the top of the cage. I think that was spot of the night until the RKO. Right. And then I love how Kyrie delivered the um the trash lid the trash lid like the shots. Yeah. Which was hitting people with it. I thought that was pretty pretty badass, pretty savage. And yeah, I, th- I think the woman performed really well. Uh Shotzi performed better than I thought she would. Uh, because yeah. we, we all know she has a history of kind of of botching on the on the big matches, and sometimes she can get a little sloppy because because she gets a little she rushes herself. Maybe the stage is a little too big for her. I felt that she did pretty well this event, and I feel like she hit her spots for the most part. And there was one there was one glaring mistake where um, the cameraman just had like a bad angle of her. Like you could see Shotzi was on the top rope, and she was telling her opponent to like stay down or move closer. You could like see her like saying it. Right, but th- that that's production fall. I but I think Shotzi had a good showing. That's kind of my my main overview of the women's match. Yeah, yeah, I I feel basically the same as you. I thought um, Shotzi definitely did a lot better. Like you said, she does have. Uh, I think it's more so her style and her gimmick that she typically plays, where she's more of the erratic, like wild card, and that tends to put her in a, a lot of situations where. You know, like, was it the Money in the Bank match where she botched literally every move she did? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, I mean, I thought she did did well um, with the match. Um, and as for the sort of result of it, I'm fine with the the uh, the, the faces going over, um, especially with the story. I just didn't see a way for them to keep Bailey in that. You can definitely tell they're moving to Dakota being the leader. And so it made sense for Bailey to eat the pin there. Um, I was more on the side of the actual the heels getting the win because we, we kind of look forward to the future match. Like we, we kind of all knew the men, the the, fa- the faces were going to win the men's match. Right. I thought the heels would get the women's match. And I don't know. I felt Shotzi, even though she performed well, I feel like she was out of place, like star power wise. Like her whole Absolutely. team. Yeah, she definitely <laughs> felt, she definitely felt out of place. Yeah. So I don't know if maybe she was like their first. Like like their first choice to be in the match. I mean, she had the I, I think a, line. I think a lot of it had to just do with they just picked four people who over the last year Damage Control had been in a feud with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, I don't really know where she goes from here though. I don't really think she raised her stake any any farther up the ladder than she already was. I mean, when you're in there with the pinnacle of of the business, you're. And you don't overperform. Everyone still outperforms you. You're still mid card, um, but it de- it definitely to me it, it pr- proves my point. And other people have said as well. We need some mid card titles for the women's division for yeah. someone like Shotzi to fight for. Yeah, because she, she was putting she was putting it in a hard spot because like her teammates were are literally three of the five best female wrestlers on the world. Right, and and I will say I was with you. I expected the the turn on Bailey to happen after the match. Um, but like you said, we have nine weeks till rumble. So probably going to save that till probably January before, before rumble happens. Um, but overall, you know, if you would grade this match, you know, I don't, I don't really know how you would grade it. Um, I'd give it like a B, B plus definitely the better of the war games, but I agree with that. I, I agree. Yeah. I would say three and a half, four out of five. There's no. It was it was a good match. I mean, it wasn't yep. wasn't bad. People hit their spots. There's a few, you know some good moments, some good spots. I, I feel like Dave Meltzer right now. I feel like an asshole, just like <laughs> critiquing, <laughs> the, critiquing these guys for stuff that I can't do. Right. But, <laughs> but I mean, uh, it was good. 
Yeah. Uh, so then we move forward. Next match was with Miz and Gunther, right? Yes, Miz, yeah. Miz and Gunther, yep. So on my review or prediction show, I thought this was going to be match of the night. And so I had high expectations for it. I don't know if anyone else did. I was thoroughly let down with how this match went. It wasn't bad, but when I had I set the bar super high for for what I thought we would get and just mm-hmm. it just didn't deliver to me. What were your thoughts on it? Um I definitely feel this match and the other two like, you know, the matches that all came in between, they right. all they all kind of got the short and the stick on time, I feel. I feel like this mismatch wasn't rushed, but didn't get the time I wanted it to get, especially for five matches on a three-hour premium live event. I guess I guess technically three and a half, but a lot of it is more like, you know, commercials and stuff. But um, I feel Gunther and Miz, they, told a, they, they started telling a good story. You know, the Miz, if he wanted to even have a chance against Gunther, had to be crafty and kind of dig into some of his heel tactics, even though he is the good guy in this in this feud which i like i like i feel like you know you can definitely blur the lines between being a good guy and you don't have to be cookie cutter i feel like the men's right. did a good right. job of that right um, yeah. he definitely yeah. played i'm with you i don't i think the problem when we think of face heel and we sort of put these stereotypes on what a face is like he took the the uh turnbuckle cover off that's a heel mm-hmm. tactic but he did that because he had the motivation of winning the title and i think mm-hmm. we can we there can be nuances and gimmicks and i'm a good guy i align myself with the good guys but i want to win the title so i'm a, i'm gonna have to resort to cheating to, to do so um yeah. so yeah I, and i think the factor of he's he's looking to make history and being or tying for the most ic titles which i think mm-hmm. he'll eventually get yeah. um um and and then the you know Gunth, the whole story of Gunther telling him, "Hey, you're not worthy to be in the ring with me," and then him showing out and almost beating Gunther. I, I definitely thought the storytelling was good. I just thought the match itself maybe lacked, and maybe it was the time factor. It just didn't, it didn't hit the way I thought it was going to. Yeah, it felt like they were going to like, okay, we have to hit this spot and then this story moment and then this story moment, right? And like you know, so we we got the we got the progression of the story. I feel it was tell was told well, but they just you know there wasn't as again as many like as many memorable spots. You right. know, we we had the ring pose figure four, we had you know the turnbuckle, and then <laughs> um, Gunther showing that he could win not only by pins and submissions. I feel like that that's what makes him a dominant champion in the first place. Is that um, his wins necessarily? Aren't you know, like you can't you can't see them coming you know like you know what I'm saying right. like for example like John Cena he'll, he'll hit the five moves put you up for the fu or the aa and then you're done for Gunther he might hit you with the power bomb one match and it works and he gets the pinfall but the next match it might not work so he has to resort to like you know the Boston Crab or has to resort right. to the lariat or the right. splash and he he has different different ways to finish the matches which is why I like Gunther's character and. Yep. Yeah, I just feel like the match just that definitely need more time. Yeah, I, 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 now that you mentioned it, it is probably just it it didn't get the time that it probably deserved, and I kind of figured that would happen with the three matches in between because we knew it was going to be 50, 60 minutes for the two war games matches each. Um, so, I mean, I would I would give it just personally for me like a C plus, hmm. maybe a B minus. Um, but like I said, it wasn't bad. Oh yeah, I liked after afterwards the the press conference. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you stayed and watched Gunther's press conference. I did. Yeah, I watched the whole. Press I, yeah. I, I watched the whole way. I bet. Yeah. I like how I like how Gunther kind of put over the Miz while still staying in character. He right. was like, you know, he was like, you know, the Miz proved that you know he can be in the ring. He's a worthy opponent. You know, he he just still couldn't beat me. And you right. know, he's he's one of the greatest. But you know, I'm I'm, I'm the greatest. And like you know, he put him over, <laughs> you put him over while still staying in character and still. You know, keep, keep keeping the curtain up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Which which I'm happy because th- at times it feels like uh, something like Cody. Cody's interview to me, he sort of broke the sort of kayfabe and he interacted with, and it, that's what the journalists. We could talk. We could do a whole show on that on the yeah. press conference. <laughs> the journalists that they that they pick on, like keep it to the show. Like one of the dudes asked, like. Um, something about John Moxley. Like he's not in the company. Please don't ask yeah. questions about John Moxley. Like, 
And so I, I don't, that's a whole different rant I could go on later. Um, so the next match was um, that was Santos and Dragon Lee, correct? Yes, correct. Yeah. I rewatched that match today. I'll probably have to go back and rewatch it. Just I, I think for the day that they've had to sort of sell it, it it was okay. Um, I definitely didn't didn't expect much from this match to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, what what was your sort of re- reaction to it? Um, so. I, I actually I re, I went back and rewatched the three middle matches today because, you know, while we we're watching it, you know, we're on the Discord, you know, chatting or whatever, and I feel like you know I definitely got distracted and was on the chat, and I feel like I kind of missed some stuff during the match. Mm-hmm. So I went back and watched the match, and I kind of still had the same the same thought, is that if you if you go back and like really rewatch the match, there wasn't that many wrestling moves or spots they they definitely out of the three matches had like the the shortest time time strength and it just like the, the story was there you know he was trying to hurt his leg and take the mask off and all this other stuff there just wasn't as many moves in that match i feel i was expecting a lot more from the two of them especially given right. two rings i feel like none of the three matches actually used the second That's- ring which was that, and that's one of my biggest problems with having war games every single year mm-hmm. is you have two rings set up and what they end up doing is you use the two rings for the war games and then they swap back so one match will use one ring and then the next match will use the other ring yeah i think if you're going to have two rings set up let every match be contained in both of the in both rings um yeah. just it, it it makes the setups because I don't know. It, it just felt weird to me, you know, having two rings set up and nothing. Half the show, it's not being used. Yeah, I definitely. I was. I was expecting Dragon Lee to like do some crazy spot, like jumping from one ring to the other. Right. I remember. I remember Rey Mysterio did that back in the day when he was wrestling WCW, and mm-hmm. they had the pay per views that had the two rings. I, I, I vividly remember him like you know using the rings like that, and I was expecting kind of something similar between these two, especially because they're both right. luchador wrestlers. Well, and that I think my thing was when Dragon Lee was added, I guess my expectation was we would see like the I the, the sort of like stereotypical like independent scene like luchador ma- uh, match. Yeah, because both of these guys are very good like of that lucha style, and it really just felt super confined to like, hey, we have a story we want to tell. It, don't go out there and put on a show just. Tell yeah. the stories. So. I like, like, I, like. I know, I know. We 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 kind of give a lot of like, like flag. We kind of shit on the the AWs and the indie scenes a little bit for for being total spot fest out the night. Right. But, but like, if if, if I want to see a spot fest, this is the match where I exactly. want to see a spot so, fest. Right, and I'm not like the big. I'm not the biggest fan of spot fest, but, but I think with AEW, my problem is just a spot fest every match. Yeah, when you have one match that shows, hey, let's just super kick the, everybody. You know, th- this could have been like, you know, to use the AEW example, whenever Lucha Bros are in the ring, you know, you're going to get 18 super kicks. They're going to do yep. a, a thousand topes outside the ring. Yeah. Um, uh, what's his name? Phoenix is going to run the ropes 20 times. And yeah, I'm, I'm ready and, to see and, that. And, and this could have been that style of match. And I think it would have brought a level of excitement in the middle of the show where it felt really lulled in the crowd yeah um so i i i would not have been against a spot fest here i i I think that this match would have called for it yeah um overall i'm this is probably the worst match for me um i'd I'd say like c minus you know that's about as low as i'll ever rate a match though i don't ever think anything's at d or an f I'm, so. de- I'm definitely ring. I'm ring it lower just because I wanted more and expected more out of right. the, these two, and they definitely got weighed down by time constraint and storyline between these two talents. Right. right. Um, <clears throat> then we have Rhea and Zoe Stark. Um, the first thing I need to ask is, why does WWE's makeup department feel the need to just paint these women's faces in the most unattractive ways possible? <laughs> I thought Zoe's <laughs> looked cool because I, I think Zoe's reminded me of like Tommaso Ciampa, and right. like it looked cool. At, 
Were you the one that said that in the Discord? No, it wasn't me, but I agreed. I think it was Reverend Kara who said it. I agreed with her. Because like, as soon as you saw that, I just like I like envisioned her without hair and like <laughs> or like she looks like a, a, a beardless Champa. Like if you shave Champa, I that's what I would have imagined. Now that now that, that visual is in my head, I'm never gonna not see it. <laughs> he, um, he, he he's on Stu the lawyer, remember? You saw, you saw <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um but I don't know. Maybe this was the match I came in with the least expectations. I kind of. I had high expectations. Really? Yeah, I feel like these are two of the best female workers right now. So like, I like Zoe, but there's just no way you can tell me Zoe Stark is level right now. She she will be in the future, but right now as we as we sit, you think she's equal to Rhea Ripley? So as far as like, do I think that she'll take the title off of Rhea right now? No, like I knew Rhea was gonna win. But I also knew Gunther was going to win. You know what I'm saying? Right. So if I compare these two matches, I feel like I enjoyed the Zoe and Rhea match better than the Miz and Gunther match. And then, like, the, the, so what they're doing with Rhea a lot in her matches is that they're giving her opponents a lot of offense and kind of make Rhea look not weak, but Rhea's not getting a lot of offense in until like the very end where she pulls out, you know, like right. you know, a, nice, a nice reversal, a, head, a headbutt, two elbows, and it hits her finisher. She like, she, like Zoe, Zoe got a lot of offense in this match, right? And, and Rhea definitely has the resiliency uh, card on 2K. Definitely, oh yeah. Uh, probably kick out four times uh, with, with with Rhea here. But I just I liked the match. I'm not going to say it was bad. I just I don't. When I look at Zoe Stark, I see a lot of potential. I don't see the the I don't see the you know right now. Oh yeah, I see the so, future. Right, it's definitely like future star, but she's she'll definitely win it with I think sometime next year she'll be champion um on one of the brands. I'm expecting another draft here soon. Um so just okay. to, to shake it up. That's a sort of early prediction for me what I think in 2024. Especially with we have GMs, I think at some point they'll have a, a draft to sort of especially with the new TV deals starting right. next year. So yeah. I think sort of late Late next year, we'll have another draft when the new TV contracts start. Also, to your point that you said before, I think Zoe is another person who would benefit from, from a mid-card title. Yeah, yeah, that, absolutely. She. Her. Um, so before we talk about the main event, let's talk about some of the – or the, the biggest return of the night of R-Truth. I don't know what – I was happy. I was excited. <laughs> I, I I marked out. I, go I, I did too. Like, I, I think they did it perfectly. Tozawa is just that, like – I know a lot of people complain that Vince McMahon doesn't know or, or WWE doesn't know how to use Japanese superstar. What they're doing with Tazawa is absolute perfection. Um, oh, and <laughs> I just, I, I, if Tazawa's on the show, I want to watch it. He, just, he, he filled the role while Archer was gone. Tazawa right. was the, the comedy relief, like backstage entertainment right. MVP. Yeah. And, now that Truth is back, I don't know how how much we'll see Truth, but I'm I'm happy to have him back. That was definitely a big surprise that I don't think anyone was expecting. Um, real quick before we get to the main event, I feel that one thing this show missed was like just a, a in ring segment that wasn't a match. You know that like a wall right, effect. Right. I actually thought like my prediction was that they would get CM Punk out the way before the War Games match. That way they weren't people weren't like predicting him or whatever. They did it perfect though. I think that they executed perfectly. I just thought in case they're gonna hold Randy to like the very last minute and not like right. um, announce him at Raw. I felt a great way to do it was you kind of have Shinsuke come to the ring for just like a middle of the show segment or whatever. And then you had CM Punk's music play, but Grayson Waller walks out. Just, just right, the right. biggest heel heat of all time. He comes Absolutely. in the ring. Or, or maybe he stands, yeah, he gets in the ring. And then after they're talking, like, how oh, you guys are stupid, CM Punk's not coming, CM Punk's music hits. And he comes out. Right. Well, and then he GTSs Waller I, I, and him and knock more of a stare down. After, uh, after SmackDown on Friday, I thought that's what they were going to do because that's exactly what they did with Kevin Owens on 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 a Friday where theory came out yeah. dressed as, as KO. And I feel that I feel they could run with that type of gimmick, just sort of making fun of 
the older superstars that they're feuding with. Um, a punk led like faction with like theory and Waller would be fantastic. Um, I, 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 I can get behind it. I can get behind it. I, I think, I think WWE sort of low key needs to sort of put together young talent. Cause that's what CM Punk went to AEW for was to put over the guys like Starks and MJF. And I feel if WWE just put a bunch of young guys, like the creeds, something like that together with CM Punk. Now, maybe not the creeds because they're they're good guys and I don't ever see them really being the the stereotypical Bad heels. Guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but even someone like Braun Breaker as like the enforcer of, of a faction like that. I'm I'd get behind that um hundred percent. Um you mentioned Randy Orton at the beginning of the show. I think there was an announcement in the pre show too that he he wasn't there. At yeah. the arena, and um, and so the whole show, we're sort of sitting here wondering, okay, is Randy actually going to show up? And then I thought the way they pulled off and executed this was fantastic. Mm. Um, and then so you have the cash in, get ready to start, and then Randy's music hits. This I hear voices, and I don't know about you. Randy Orton's my favorite wrestler of all time. Top, top so, three for me. Top three for me. So, um. What just hearing the music got me excited. I was out of my chair, running around, screaming at the TV, uh, kick his ass, Randy, kick his he, and then he comes out looking like he ate creatine all his the entire year and a half. He was away, um, and so you know, I, I like the way they executed that. The match itself was kind of eh, like iffy. Um, my problem with war games is you spend 50 minutes beating the shit out of each other. And it doesn't actually matter. And then the bell rings and it, it finishes in like 10 minutes. Yeah. So, um, that's a whole, that's a whole other argument we could have about the traditional survivor series versus war games. It's, uh, it's also bad when, when you have two war games in one night, you right. guys, the women do all these spots and now you're like, okay, well they already took away like half the spots. Right. What else, what else can the men do? Right. Um, overall, I definitely think the CM Punk return overshadowed that entire match. Um, but I will say with you, the Randy Orton RKO, I don't know if it was you or someone else in the discord said that was the best RKO of all time. That was, me. Yeah, that that was, was me, you. Yeah. I'm going to need you to defend that one. Yes. So I actually, so while I was talking in our discord, I was also in this other content creators live stream. You, you're familiar with, with Mr. Tusk. Yeah. From, yeah. From, yeah. I was in his live stream, you know, saying cool dude. And I was saying that's the greatest RKO of all time. He said, nah, that's number two. And now I was like, which was number one? He was talking about the Seth Rollins one for WrestleMania is still number one. I was like, bro, that's, that's not even that's not even top two. I told yo, so if I'm ranking the best RKOs of all time that I can recall, number one was this JD one off the cage. Mind you, JD drove from the top of the cage. Like <laughs> full spread belly flop and guy's head took taken off <laughs> like a foot from the a foot from the mat right and then number two i still think is the evan born rko that's number two yeah that one that, so I, I, I think it's more impressive than the seth one and then seth number three yeah i think what made the seth one i think what make people sort of remember it for was it's wrestlemania and i yeah. think the circumstances around that one it's impressive. It it takes a lot of timing to do it, but Evan Bourne's was definitely more impressive. And this one is just this one. I thought took more timing than the Seth Rollins one. You you fuck this up. Someone's getting breaking his neck. Yeah, someone's getting insanely hurt. Um, did you enjoy this match? Like I said, I mean, obviously it was the worst of the two War Games matches, but. Yeah, I mean, also we use the term "worse" very loosely. It was still a good match, right? It was just that the women's was was really great. Was, was better, yeah. Um, I liked when Randy got in the cage. Him and Jay um had the little stare down, mm-hmm. and then Jay was like, "Hey, you can trust me for right now. I'm gonna super super kick this guy in the head." Right. And Randy was like, "Okay, I'll let you go for right now," but you know that that's something that's something that they could explore down the line, which I like that they, you know, I, I he, definitely even before he came back, Jay played into it on Raw, right. Right. I definitely get the vibe that Orton's not really aligning himself with them. He just sort of did a favor for Cody. Yeah. 
Um, and so I definitely have a this feeling that he's going to turn eventually. Um, yeah. I, I don't know about you, but heel Randy Orton's better Randy Orton. That's I've I've always felt that way. Um, I like I, I like the reason I like face Randy is that I like when he plays the crowd because he'll right. go off script a lot and just do some goofy stuff, yeah. which I which I really enjoy. But storyline wise, heel Randy is definitely a lot better. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of what else happened during the show. That, oh, we got the stupid Slim Jim commercial again. But great, that was a great <laughs> commercial. <laughs> um, I mean. There's not much else for New Day to do, so you know, put them <laughs> or put LA night yeah, or, or LA night. night, yeah. Um, I don't know if it was you who said something about how Jimmy was going to get involved. I'm surprised the bloodline didn't get involved, yeah. I'm surprised Jimmy didn't show up whatsoever. I thought Jimmy was somehow like you know, maybe like taking Jay out on his way to the ring, like he was leaving the cage or something. I thought Jimmy right. would get involved somehow. Um, I mean, I, I, I definitely like the match, has some good storytelling. Judgment Day is still strong. I, I think they're still strong. I don't think they come out of this looking really, really weak. Right. Um, they, they did a good job preserving their ability. Their, their because they did dominate the match for the most part until Randy showed up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I there's definitely the the only thing I have an issue with is when is he going to actually cash in? I don't see a reason or a, a time period for a cash in to actually happen. Um, I'm I'm assuming elimination chamber could be the next opportunity. The the only way I can see some type of cash in between now and WrestleMania is if CM Punk aligns with the Judgment Day and he's like their true leader or something. Right. right. And and you know CM Punk gets in the in the Rollins feud, they have their thing or whatever, and then also Judgment Day could still kick out Damian Priest and maybe like. One of them beats Seth, and then Damian comes back and cashes on them. Like after injury angle, like it's just a weird spot where Damian is right now. Yeah, I, I think I don't know of how long term they planned the whole Damian Priest thing. I I'm not saying they jumped the gun, but I think they pinned him in after Backlash and said he's going to be our guy, mm-hmm. and they didn't really think about it long term. Um, and. Maybe it's just me. I felt I've felt over the last couple months, Judgment Day has sort of been overexposed to the crowd, and so they're not being reacted to the way they used to be. I know for me, whenever their their music plays, I sort of just roll my eyes and go back to my phone. I just feel like I've seen them too much. I I, I still enjoy them. I I enjoy myself a good Dominic Mysterio, Rhea Ripley. I I enjoy Priest. I think more than other people enjoy Priest. Um, I would say out of the whole group, I guess Finn. I, I I never had like a full like like connection with, with Finn Balor. You know, I just felt I never really knew him or got to know his character right, just right. because under Vince he was so stale and right. so so surface level. So I definitely feel like Finn is the least of the yeah the least connection. I, I, can, I, I, can, I think my issue is like you have Damian doing his own thing and then Finn and uh, JD McDonough's sort of doing their thing, and then Rhea and uh, Dom are doing their own thing, and so it's like three different stories. And like Dom used to be on NXT all the time, and so other things. And I understand what they were doing. I just felt that they stretched them super super thin to where there were like three or four different stories for the Judgment Day at one time. Yeah, and they're being stretched thin. Yeah, yeah, and so I think. In the future, they're still going to be dominant. They're going to definitely run a roll. Um, and I don't necessarily, I, ne- I, I don't necessarily think the whole super. I mean, the super friends as a pairing are d- probably done. But yeah. they're still going to be, you know, the big guys against. Like we'll probably get. I'm assuming Orton and Priest will be the next like feud. Um, and then Rollins will probably. I'm I'm going off the assumption Punk's on Raw. To be Rollins and Punk. Um, you mentioned Nakamura. I'm, I'm surprised that he didn't show up at all. Um, it. I. I expected we would at least get a promo or a vignette calling out whoever he's talking to. There, there were some rumors or speculation that, um, that Nakamura's like message is like for like to get Okada over. That's what I've been reading, and the idea is that they're trying to 
show that Triple H is going to treat um, treat Japanese stars better, and they're trying to sort of woo Okada over here. The problem is you don't know when Okada's contract ends. Um, yeah. I, I tried to research it. There's no information on it. And another name that I thought of that I don't know if people actually recognize, it was Hideo Itami or, or Kenta. Oh, I was thinking um, AJ Styles. That would be, I mean, he hasn't been seen in a while, so that, that could be an interesting name as well. Um, but I definitely think they're using Shinsuke to sort of woo over some sort of person who has connections to the New Japan or something like that. I definitely see a lot of people coming from there to WWE in the future. Um, and then another name I'm surprised we didn't see, because my prediction was Rhea would win and Jade Cargo would debut yeah, officially down, yeah. officially as the next challenger. You could save that for Raw. That probably is what they're going to maybe will do. Um, but I just thought it would be a, a bigger moment. Um, I, I guess they, they want her like debut to be overshadowed by the return right. of our truth. Right. Like <laughs> well, I think and Triple H did address this in the press conference where he was like, look, we want her to be ready. And whenever she says she's ready, we'll be we'll be here for her. So they're definitely giving her time to to grow into because she definitely needed to work on the entering. She wasn't bad, but I mean, yeah, and this a little is, green. Yeah, she. But when you work there for two years and you only run like 65 matches, you don't work the indies and they won't build you a performance center. And half your matches are squashes. Right. So I can understand how how little actual ring time. I don't think people realize that 65 matches isn't a lot. Like two and a half years isn't a lot of experience when you're wrestling once a week. So um, I just... Yeah, it, it, it was one of those things. Um, I expected her, but hearing Triple H say that in the press conference, I'm like, okay, let's slow the brakes on Jade. We'll probably get her Royal Rumble, is my assumption. Yeah. Um, but, Worst case is she comes in as an entrant in the Rumble. If we don't see her before that, she debuts in the Rumble. A lot of people make their debuts in the Rumble. That's where right. made his debut. Right. And so I, I guess – to end sort of the review part of the show, when leaving this, are you excited about, you know, we don't have another p- premiere live event to a rumble unless you want to count deadline, but that's NXT. So we don't for main roster. Um, are you excited about what we're getting heading into 2024? Headed 2024. I, I would say I'm pretty excited for what WWE has to offer. Um, Raw has stories left and right. SmackDown has some good some some good blocks. You know they have you know the bloodline and you know stuff will you know develop with that going into Mania season and all that stuff. So they kind of have like their main event scene set. Um, they have some good building blocks. Really undercard. You know you got the Hurt Business or the Hurt Profits. However, uh, that's what I call it. I call them the Hurt Profits. Um, you know, and then you got Fab kind of I guess who's going to be joining them, which which should be interesting. You got the whole LWO Santos storyline going on. Um, you got Ridge and um, Ridge and Pete Dunn going at it. I guess you know they just broke up. Um, you know we, we might get the return of Pete Dunn's character from NXT, um, the brawling bruiser weight. That'd be that'd be cool. And then so you know so SmackDown has some good stuff building up. Um, NXT is all you know always got the good young talent who they put on really good matches because they're really trying to show out. So they put their most right. into every match. And I think WWE has a bright future going to 2024. And we have all the – I know you don't like the overseas events. Um, or you don't like how many there are, I should say. And But we you have to say, like, you know, that you know the crowds overseas, they don't get the WWE shows. So, you know, even though we're the home market, you know, we get a little oversaturated. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like we get so many events here in the States that, you know, you know I'll see them next year. You know, th- this card wasn't that great. I'll see them six months from now. Right. Over over there, they, they might get <laughs> like once a year, once every five years, once every fifteen years, and so when they go overseas, like it's it's almost have it's almost like having another like WrestleMania, another Crown Jewel, like like another Clash of the Castle. Like these are big events. The crowds are you know wild, even though all the time that they're you know not sure about the wrestling, they're just being wild to be wild. I rather have a wild crowd that's being wild than a, a mild crowd being mild. And so, 
you know, if, if I have to watch it at two o'clock in the afternoon or or watch it the next day at like six a.m., you know, I'll, I'll make time and I'll watch it. I'm usually free all day Saturday. I can watch it whenever me personally. Right, and I understand that. I definitely understand that perspective. Um, twenty twenty four, I think, is gonna be an interesting year, not just for WWE. I think they have a lot of star power, you know, there. But we have a lot of interesting sort of free agents in 2024. Kevin Owens' contract ends, I think, in October. McIntyre, to my understanding, May, isn't. I think. Yeah, I think his is like May, um, and he, to my understanding, he doesn't have a new deal. Um, and then the AEW guys, we don't know what MJF's official status is. Ricky Starks, Hobbs, Wardlow, I think all of them would be free agents, if I understand correctly. So. All of those guys I could see being potential WWE guys. Hmm. Um, and so I think I think 2024 for the whole wrestling scene could be an important year. And I don't want to say AEW is going to die. I don't actually wish that um, because I do think they are a necessary part of the business. Mm-hmm. Um, but AEW, by their own doing they may have sabotaged their long-term success with how they've treated CM Punk. Um, yeah. And then even some of their on-screen stuff. Right. Well, yeah, well, yeah, we, we can sit there and argue all day about why drinking blood is probably not the best thing to do. Yeah. Um, but, um, that's, that's, that's talk for another day. I'm trying, I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying to get James and Cody on here. I got well, well, now, yeah, now that you mentioned it, I called out them and we have decided at some point we're all four gonna do a weekly show. I don't, I haven't really figured out when yet. I'll probably save that till next year, like January. Um, and we'll, um, but other than that, they oh, will be back. I, I, have, I have a question for you. Yeah. What, so, you know, I know, so we, we covered all the, you know, the match and everything, all the matches for Survivor Series. What are your thoughts on, on the stuff that got caught by fan cameras? You know, do you think the Seth Rollins thing, okay. like how how much of it is work versus him actually being mad, the whole Drew McIntyre thing? Because to start off with Drew, I get, you know, reports are so, he beelined yeah. it from the ring. He went backstage, slammed some doors, left the arena, didn't do a press conference, you know, the whole shebang. Um, I saw some fan angle, like a fan cam, fan camera that shows like the cameraman was like waving Drew past, like telling him to kind of go, like here's your cue, like walk up the ramp or whatever. So I think that might be some type of work. And I think Seth I think, is professional enough for his is a work also. I think I think so. Here's here's where the business and where kayfabe comes into it. I, I think they absolutely despise him, but I do think Seth Rollins. I saw someone, I forgot who it was, they they tweeted, Seth Rollins is Seth Rollins and not Hangman Page. Um, and the idea is Hangman Page is where he's at because he doesn't know how to be a professional. You know, Jack Perry is where he's at because he he, uh, he he's, not, he's no one ever really considers Adam Page in WWE because he's the immature um, sort of hangout with the, 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 the super kick guys. And Seth Rollins is a professional. And I think at the end of the day, they understand business is business. Um, and if it makes them money, why not let him back? I think Cody put that in the press conference, you know, um, when he was asked about it, you know, if, if there's a story to tell and so I do, I think part of it is, is a work. And part of me feels that, they're trying to draw up this backstage drama sort of as a way to sort of poke at CM Punk leaving AEW. Mm. Um, I think, I think that would be smart. Start putting like news reports out on your Twitter or X or, you know, Facebook pages of, you know, all there's drama in the locker room with around CM Punk or Seth Rollins tried to attack him or something, just little things to show there's backstage as just sort of a way to poke fun at it. Um, but yeah, I think part of it is Seth Rollins doesn't like the dude, and and he's going to use those feelings in a work way. To so, so, Similar to Riddle. Right, right. 
Right. See, I, I think WWE ha has this under control. To my understanding, everyone that was in the War Games match was told prior to leaving the curtain that he was going to debut, so it wasn't a surprise to him. Um, and so I think a lot of it is, you know, people don't like him, but he's here, and they're going to do the best they can to sell a story. Yeah. And, and I'm more interested in a Seth Rollins... CM Punk feud now than I was, you know, a month ago because of the way Seth sold his his debut. Yeah, so honestly, like if Seth really wanted to go get at him, do you think Michael, Michael Cole, Cole right, and Corey right. Graves called him back? Right. Yeah, I'm sure if Seth really wanted to, he can go up there. Again, yeah, I don't think he likes him at all. I think he despises him. But you know, Seth is is a professional, you know, we see him work with guys he doesn't like. Wawa, Matt Riddle, and you know, that adds some, you know, good on screen entertainment with him and Riddle. Remember, had that like that, um, that like that, um, that Skype, promo, yeah, yeah, yeah. the yeah. Skype promo, like that was really good. Um, it added to their and, fight pit match. The, and and punk, the punk Rollins promos themselves will be the best part of the, the feud. Oh, yeah, and it, so it, 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 it's like when you were saying that punk versus, um, what's it called, Kenny Omega or, or punk versus, um, Hey man, like like you yep. know, they talk the two sides of fight, you know, to like you can make money, like you can make right. here, like put your ego aside, you know, you might not like him, but use your beef to like sell a story, and then y'all can have this crazy big match that makes y'all money. Right. And so yeah, I definitely I think there's a part of it where that's Seth Rollins' actual feelings to him, and he was able to sort of shoot on punk in his reaction. Um, but it was, it's all for the goal of selling a match. I think professionals will be professionals and I'm pretty certain, you know, sometime before tomorrow raw that WWE is going to have a meeting with all the superstars and say, Hey, he's here. You either be professional about it or we'll have to, you know, th there's actual like leadership there. Whereas, I feel with AEW, like Tony Khan could have easily stepped in and said, hey, guys, you don't have to like each other, but you're having this match at All In and make it work. Let's go make money to 81,000 people. And how, how, how do you feel about the Drew part, the Drew McIntyre part? Do you think his is more work? or? So my question when I saw the, the news report was, is this just the media sort of overhyping people's reactions to it? Because I do think that that's a work. As well, I, I, if it's not a work, I can sort of understand where Drew is coming from because they're not anywhere near money, to, the, the money that he wants. So if he does resign, it will be for less money, and then you bring in Punk. But at the same time, it's business. Like it's it's, hmm. you know, it, it happens. He's he's a big draw right now, and so he's going to get paid. Also, and, I, I think even if Drew doesn't resign right away. Like I saw, I saw reports that big thing is that he just want you know he wants to be with his family back right. over back overseas, right. and so he might take some like you know six months off, go hang out with his family, and then come back recharged like you know but after a while. I have a feeling, and this this could be what he does, that they're gonna bring back NXT UK. Um, I have a feeling that with the the expansion of the worldwide sort of event PLEs that we're going to have a NXT Japan and NXT Europe and maybe even, I know they were planning an NXT Africa at one point. Um, I don't know how, how good that would be, would be received. I know there's a lot of um, people who are fans in Africa of, of the company and they do a lot of recruiting there. I think Apollo Cruz is from was, was recruited uh, there. Yeah. Nigeria, right? Yeah. Um, and so, uh, I think that's what ends up, and I mean, I would be fine with Drew going over and sort of headlining NXT Europe, um, how they, how they get it done. I have no idea. Cause I'd be, I would assume that would be a Peacock exclusive thing. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I think part of it is him working and, and, and the fun part about it is no one knows for certain. And so. At the end of the day, we're all trying to find information on it. Um, and I think that makes the business fun and entertaining. Um, and we're all on edge trying to figure out what, what's going to happen with Punk. And so 
um, before we get out of here, the last thing is I, I need to look in this camera and, and, and speak to the meathead himself. Um, Ryback, you need to retire, you fucking idiot. If, we go, uh, if you guys don't know, he put on uh, Twitter that if CM Punk returned, he's going to retire. And then he returns. He's like, no, he's supposed to retire in AEW. I'm not. Ret-. First off, you've been retired for like 12 years because you haven't been in a ring since you got released. So, yeah, I knew at the end because he, he plugged his protein powder. So I knew that, that it was just trying to get exposure. Um, but yeah, Ryback, just you're on Twitter or, or on TikTok talking to puppets. Like, please just. Don't ever consider wrestling again. Yo, unblock I, I, I my homegirl Kara. All right, right, she, uh, right. What, what what she do to you? Yeah, unblock <laughs> Kara. Or we got a problem, okay? Right, back. <laughs> Sheffield. All right, unblock Kara. There's gonna be a problem. You got two uh, men come to your crib, and <laughs> there's gonna be three men slapping man meat. All right. <laughs> um, and so, well, in that the next big event for WWE is actually gonna be in Bridgeport. Up near where where you're at, deadline yeah. NXT uh, deadlines in two weeks. Um, 30, 35, 40 minutes down the road. Yeah. Um, I I looked at tickets today. I might go. I might not. I'm still debating. The the rear is not huge, so any seat is a decent seat. So right. I might I might might pull up. All right, that that'll be fun. I've been to. I went to. Uh, what was the event in February this year? Vengeance Day? I think it was Vengeance Day. I went to... It was in Charlotte this year, and it was pretty... They they chose the Hornets Arena, though, so it was super big. I don't know why they... I don't know why they chose that. Um, NXT, next time you come to Charlotte, we have a... Use the arena AEW uses. Only seats about 6,000 people. Is is that the one in Greensboro? No, it's in Charlotte. It's the Bojangles Coliseum. Uh, Um, It's in Charlotte. It only sits like 6,000 people. It would look more intimate on... And I even think that's too big for eight because I don't know if you saw this. Ric Flair just challenged someone from ESPN to a match in Charlotte. Yeah, I, I saw I saw your post about it. <laughs> and I looked at my my, my my brother James. He he had, they, they're going to the show because they haven't been to Charlotte in like three years. And they were like, "We're buying tickets. You want to go?" And I was like, "If I do go, I'm going to wait till last minute because I don't really care enough to buy tickets right now. I'm going to wait till the ticket prices go down." And then I looked at him like, this is why I don't go to your circus shows. Like, I, no one, no one's interested in Ric Flair wrestling. Like, I just, yeah, it, it is what it is. But overall, what would you grade uh, Survivor Series? And then, and then we'll. Oh, uh, um, let's see. Match wise, I give it a three point five out of five. You know, three, three, three out of five, three point five out of five. As far as like entertainment and the storyline and the outside stuff like the memorable stuff that we're, that we're going to talk about like six months down the line i'll give it a 4.5 out of 5 some big returns some big moments it's gonna lead to a lot of storylines down the road it's, it's definitely gonna be an important ple that might be looked back on years from now as you know right. while we're telling people stories like on those documentary series right 2023 when cm punk came back randy Orton returned like you know what I'm saying the fall judgment day like it, it's, we're gonna look, we're gonna look back at it. It's gonna, it's gonna be an important one as far as impact and storyline. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I definitely think we're gonna get a a documentary with CM Punk. I mean, ten years basically. Um, it, Royal Rumble will be ten years since his last event, which happened to be Royal Rumble 2014, which also happened to be the first pay per view I watched when I got back into wrestling. So. Um, yeah. Um, and so it's been a while since we've seen him and he looked healthy. He didn't look like old, like he did in AEW. I don't don't know if he looked, if it's cause he looked healthy or he just shaved all the grays off. (laughs) That that is true. That is true. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'll go with a four point. I'll go in between your two ring and then say 4.0. Um, it will be important. It was definitely better than I expected in terms of, the results and how they would feed into, um, and I would just say right now, Triple H is cooking right now. He's he's got full control. He doesn't have Vince in his back pocket making changes. Mm-hmm. And I know last year the what we call the eight nine weeks of hell that was actual hell. Like it, it sucked. <laughs> um, but I think this year will be. I think he he knows what he's doing, and I think we will be highly entertained over the next eight weeks. Yeah, leading into to Royal Rumble. Um. 
all my wave riders come join Team Red. Okay, Raw's gonna, <laughs> Raw's gonna be cooking with fish grease these nine weeks. All right, come, come yeah, join. I Raw. mean, if, if they if they if they do a good job on Raw of the next nine, I may join you over there. I may. We'll we'll see. It's it's up in the air. Um, but with that, thank you, thank you for joining. Thank everyone for watching. Again, uh, like, share, subscribe, leave a a review, comment, whatever, uh, depending on the platform you're on. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys on the the next episode. And until then, have a great rest of your uh, rest of your week, and we'll see you see you later. Brother, I'm going on a wild Hulk Hogan. If I like get some moment, I'll make sure it's an explosion. Cause lately I've been